0: and welcome to The Music Makers, the podcast for elementary music teachers. I'm Marissa DeVoe and today we are going to talk about world music. But before we get into today's topic, I want to take a moment and congratulate all you teachers out there who have just finished your first week or maybe second week or maybe your first month of the 2020-2021 school year. I know this year is certainly not what we're used to. I'm sure you faced a lot of challenges, and I just want you to know that I'm proud of you out there and keep up the good work. In this episode, I'm going to discuss how to incorporate world music into your elementary music instruction. And I'm gonna give you some repertoire and activities you can use. This episode will include information based on research and personal experience. And all materials and resources will be available on our website, themusicmakerspodcast.com. So be sure to check those out. And I've also created a Facebook page, The Music Makers Podcast. So if you're on Facebook, check it out, give it a like to stay up to date on new topics and new episode releases. To be honest with all of you, for the first five years of my teaching, I rarely used world music in my instruction. It wasn't something I ever felt comfortable with, and I honestly didn't know the best way to incorporate it into my classroom. I had this feeling until recently when I had to read a chapter from the book, Alternative Approaches to Music Education, Case Studies from the Field. This chapter was titled, Talking Turkey, Incorporating Music from Turkey in the Elementary General Music Class by Christopher Roberts. Roberts really provided a systematic approach to incorporating world music repertoire into elementary instruction. I will discuss the procedure Robert takes a little later on in this episode, but let's first talk about what world music is and the importance of it in elementary music classrooms. World music has a long history of being included in formal music education instruction. The National Association for Music Education have reinforced the idea of world music through journals, symposiums, reviews, and much more since the 1970s. Our national core music standards from 2014 that are for pre-K through 8th grade students incorporate music from other cultures and contexts in the connecting, creating, responding, and performing standards. And as we all know, that's all of our categories. So there's no doubt that world music is being pushed into our elementary curriculums through large music educator associations, textbooks, journals, standards, and more. But why is it important to incorporate world music? It seems that there are two sides of importance when including multicultural music into curriculums. Those two sides are the aesthetic approach and the sociocultural approach. Some music educators like to incorporate world music into their curriculum because, aesthetically, multicultural music can enhance their students' knowledge of musical elements and skills that are not commonly found in Western music. On the other hand, some music educators like to use world music because of the sociocultural and historical background they can discuss with the repertoire. Personally, I think the importance of world music lies in both the aesthetic and sociocultural approach. There are elements of music that are much more dominant in multicultural music, such as unique meters, modes, rhythms, instrumentation, and timbres. But there are sociocultural aspects that can increase students' engagement and understanding of other cultures that are just as important. There is a quote by Lisa M. Heinrich of Cleveland State University that I think is a great reminder when incorporating world music. Heinrich stated, Multicultural music education is a multifaceted practice in which educators must consider not only instructional methods, but also cultural sensitivity and desired learning outcomes. Based off of this quote, we can gather that it is not enough to teach a multicultural song with no foundation. There must be research as to the cultural significance and relevance to your students and thought about how the song can fit into the goals you have for your students. Now that we have discussed the why of world music, let's move on to how we can incorporate it into our instruction. Earlier in this episode, I spoke about a chapter by Christopher Roberts that I had read that really inspired me to try and include more world music into my instruction. Roberts provides a checklist of sorts on what to consider about a piece when incorporating multicultural music into your instruction. This checklist was simple enough to make me feel comfortable to begin adding world music into my classroom. Roberts had similar concerns as many educators do when stepping outside of their comfort zone. He was concerned about his ability to learn the music and feel comfortable enough to teach it. He was concerned about students not feeling connected or engaged with the music. Roberts even was concerned as to how to translate the world instruments they heard in multicultural music into instruments they had in his classroom. These are all things that I have been concerned with in the past when trying to incorporate world music, which is why I am confident if you heed Roberts' advice, you will be successful too. Roberts provided seven specific elements in music that we should listen and look for when selecting world music repertoire in order for our students to be engaged, connected, and interested. Those seven elements are repetition, faster and consistent tempi, different timbres, easily performable, thin textures, minimal text, and cultural relevance. Remember, all this information will be available for you on our website, themusicmakerspodcast.com. So let's examine these elements a little bit closer. The first one was repetition. Multicultural music is already unfamiliar to children, so if a song repeats, it makes it easier for them to understand and connect to the piece. Faster and consistent tempi. Elementary students find faster tempo songs more interesting, which has been proven by academic research. So if you choose a song that has a faster tempo, students are more likely to be engaged right off the bat. Different timbres. Students love hearing different instruments and sounds that are not familiar to them. So think about when you're selecting your music that uses some different kind of world instruments or maybe the singing timbre is a little bit different than what they would be familiar with easily performable it is important for students to be able to play or sing this, the pieces as quickly as possible otherwise they're going to become uninterested and aggravated so make sure that you are picking a song that is quick enough and easy enough for a student to learn Thin textures. Pieces that use a smaller number of instruments allow students to notice the differences without being too overwhelmed. Keep this in mind, especially if you want the focus to be on multicultural instruments. So don't choose a song that uses 10 new instruments to them. Maybe pick one that highlights two or three. Minimal text. If there are a lot of foreign words to learn, It can take too much time and cause students to be frustrated when they're learning this. So especially if it's in a different language, make sure you pick a song that doesn't have too many words to it. And the last one, cultural relevance. Finding songs with cultural relevance to our children is important, not to the adults. So children's clapping games, silly songs, singing games... Things like that are a good choice because it's going to be something familiar to them, something that they're used to doing on the playground or with their friends. Personally, I think these seven points of reference Christopher Roberts provides are great tools to use when selecting world music repertoire. I use this as a checklist when I first wanted to incorporate multicultural music into my curriculum. Now, This checklist is not to say that every multicultural song you choose has to have all seven items, but maybe three or four is a good place to start. Now I want to zoom out and focusing on what incorporating world music may look like on a larger scale. And I am not an expert by any means on this topic, but since I have gone from hardly having any experience and researching and growing my instruction, I'd like to share my findings. The largest issue I faced was the uncertainty and honestly fear of the unknown. World music was uncharted waters for me. One challenge many music educators face is how to move from the familiar to the unknown. The first thing that I would recommend is to not move completely out of your comfort zone. I think that was my problem in the past when I would try to incorporate multicultural music. I would go all in on one song or one culture that I really had very minimal knowledge on, and of course the lesson would implode right in front of me. To start, I would think of something that you are familiar with. Let's say you like jazz music, and one subsection is bossa nova music. Bossa nova has similar aspects of Brazilian samba. So I maybe start there, and then once you feel comfortable with Brazilian samba, you may feel more comfortable to explore other Brazilian styles of music. Bottom line is, don't jump in headfirst. Have one foot in your comfort and one foot out. The next thing I would suggest is using online resources and already made lesson plans. Don't try and reinvent the wheel. Take lessons from people who are comfortable using world music. And once you've used some pre made lessons, maybe then you can try to create your own. World music seems like a big undertaking for educators like me who have had little experience with it. I mean, it is the whole world. But after doing some research and following Christopher Roberts' checklist, I feel more confident to use multicultural music in my classroom, and I hope you do too. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I will share some specific repertoire and activities you can use.
1: When you need a musical instrument for your child to play in the school band or orchestra, you have a lot of questions. Can I get the brand of instrument that the teacher recommends? Is the instrument maintained in proper playing condition? If the instrument needs repairs, or a free loaner instrument available. With Twin Village Music, you'll get a resounding yes to all these and many more questions. The fact is, Twin Village Music rents more instruments to school children than any other music store in western New York. Twin Village Music is an authorized dealer for Armstrong, Bach, Selmer, Yamaha, and many other name brand instruments of superior quality that are rigorously maintained by their own in-store repair shop. Quite simply put, they have better looking and better playing instruments that encourage student success. See and hear the difference for yourself. Visit Twin Village Music at 44 Central Avenue in Lancaster. Call 683-4879. Twin Village Music, serving Western New York for almost 60 years with superior quality, value, and service.
0: Welcome back. Now I'm going to share with you some repertoire and activities you can use to incorporate world music into your instruction. One of the first multicultural songs I taught my students was a Japanese folk song titled, Say, Say, Say. I chose Say, Say, Say because of its cultural relevance, repetition, and minimal text. This song is the Japanese version of the American game, Rock, Paper, Scissors. This is a game that almost all children know, so the movement and game aspect took little to no instruction. Say, say, say has very minimal text and the lines repeat, so it's easier for students to learn.
2: And this is how it goes Say, 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 no yoy, yoy, yoy. Ochalaka, 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 hoy. O-chalaka, 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 hoy. Say, 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 no yo yo yoy. Ochalaka, 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 hoy. ho-chalaka, ochalaka, ochalaka, hoy.
0: On the ochalaka part of this song, students would prep their hands for the hoy or shoot by hitting their hand on a flat hand, just like you would with rock, paper, scissors. On hoy, students either show a rock, paper, or scissors symbol with their hands. So let's try that. So you're going to put one hand out flat and a fist with the other.
2: One, two, here we go. Say, say, say. No, yoy, yo yoy. yoy. O-chalaka, ochalaka, ochalaka, hoy. Shoot. Ochalaka, 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 hoy. Now
0: there are many different ways I use this song for instruction. The simplest of lessons is that students walk around the room on the Say, 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 no, yo yo. And then they face a partner on the Ochalaka, that first Ochalaka part. And since the Ochalaka section repeats two times, I have students either do it twice with the same partner or jump and turn to a new one. This is a great activity for the beginning of the year as an icebreaker game. It's a great one to leave for a substitute teacher or if you want a five-minute movement or brain break. Now, with COVID-19, there are some states that have restrictions on how close you can be to another student. And in New York State, it's six feet away, but there's absolutely no reason students can't play rock, paper, scissors, shoot six feet away. So it's very adaptable to our current times. Obviously, this is a very basic activity, but you can certainly use Say 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 for deeper skills and understandings. One way I go deeper with this is to explore rhythm and kind of provide a beginner composition activity for my students. After you taught the song to the kids and they played the game, have them gather around you with four pieces of construction paper in front of you. And the four pieces of construction paper symbolize four beats in a measure. The teacher would lay rocks or scissors on top of the paper, or you could leave a blank. Then you would chant the example you created. So, rock, scissors, paper, rock. And the kids would echo you. Keep switching out the materials to create different rhythms, such as rock, rock, paper, rock, scissors, rock, paper, rock, etc. Once you have done this a couple of times, you can split the kids up into groups and give them the same materials. They get a chance to create their own rhythms. They can keep building on this idea by eventually changing the rock to a quarter note, the paper and scissors to barred eighth notes. You can have students write their rhythms down, play it on various instruments as a B section of the song, or you could play one of the rhythms as an ostinato accompaniment to the song, and much more. There's so much you can do with one simple song. I really encourage you to stretch it out as far as you can. And of course, the activity for Say, Say, Say will be available on our website, themusicmakerspodcast.com. And now we are going to jump to Africa, more specifically Ghana. Now, remember these songs are really great starter songs for you educators out there who are like me and feel a little uncomfortable in the realm of world music. We really are scratching the surface today and world music, there's so much out there and so much to see and so much to learn Um, but these are the simple ones that i came up with to help you get started this song is called Sana, and it's a ghanaian children's song Sana is a great multicultural piece to use with younger kids because there's cultural relevance because it's a children's circle game there's minimal text and
2: it is repetitive and this is how it sounds obi Sanana na sa na na obi sa sa obi sa na sa sa sa
0: And the closest translation I can find for this song is The rock has crushed my hand, Grandma, the rock has crushed my hand the rock has crushed my hand, Grandma, the rock has crushed my hand. I'm sure students will get a kick out of that. After teaching your students a song, you can talk about the parts of it. It is important to note this so that students can distinguish between the saw in the second line that goes up in pitch and the saw in the fourth line that goes down in pitch. So, Obwe oh, sana sa, or Obwe oh, sana sa. It is a great introduction or reminder of form for our students and it's also great for melodic direction when you are teaching this uh, for kindergarten or first graders about high or low or up or down this is a great repertoire choice to use you can have them show the melodic direction of the two saws with their arms or draw a picture or formal notation the original circle game of this song requires children to pass a rock around a circle to the beat but if you don't want to use rocks, you can use rhythm sticks. Students would pass a stone or stick around the circle, all going the same direction, of course, to a steady beat. Reinforcing steady beat throughout all of elementary school is essential in my opinion. It is a skill that all students will need to have in order to play or sing any song. So with COVID-19, we can't share items. Simple enough, give kids their own rock or their own stick and have them do this. Or, you know what, they could clap, they could pat, they could stomp. So with whatever you have nearby, or you could clap or pat your hands, let's sing this again, keeping a steady beat.
2: One, two, here we go. Oh, we obisana sa na, na, obisana sa again. obisana sa obisana obisana sa obisana, sa, na, na, obisana sa.
0: I am confident that if you are just beginning your journey with world music, "Say Say Say" and Obisana are two great selections you can use in your classroom to help grow your confidence and use them as a stepping stone for further multicultural exploration. And that about wraps up our episode today. As always, you can find the resources talked about in this episode on our website, themusicmakerspodcast.com. And don't forget to send me an email with any topic you are interested in and you want to hear an episode on. I made this podcast for elementary music educators to feel inspired and to learn something new that they can bring back to their classroom. And if there is something that you're thinking about using this year or a topic that you don't feel really strong on, send me an email and I'd be happy to create an episode on that topic. Also, don't forget to like our Facebook page, The Music Makers Podcast. And as always, if you have any questions or comments, you can email me at themusicmakerspod at gmail.com. And we are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart Podcasts, and hopefully by next week, Spotify. So you Spotify listeners out there, I'm hopeful that I can get it on Spotify by next week. Have a great day, and don't forget to keep making music. Music. The cover art for this podcast was done by Nick Naparella, and the audio is from Audio Jungle.